2: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass the Duke. and I'm all out of bubblegum.
1: Welcome back to Duke Love's wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. Listen, I am so pumped up this week, folks. Oh my goodness, it's it's crazy. The WWE have finally released their Q2, their quarter two, their financial reports here. So I'm going to really dig all the way into that. In fact, i got a special guest that's going to help us do that. So it should be some fun there. Uh, Before I even jump into that, though, let me go over a couple of top stories because it's been very busy all over the wrestling landscape, and there are some important things that you really need to know. Starting with, the NWA has ended... Their relationship with Ring of Honor Wrestling. So the, the, the two promotions were working together, swapping talent, putting on shows where, you know, joint promotional shows, which is a common thing. I mean, you know, Ring of Honor does the same thing with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, the WWE, you know, they have Evolve, which I guess that's kind of not the same thing because they're an investor involved. Nonetheless, Uh, Ring of Honor and NWA, they decided that at this time, the relationship, the talent swap, what have you, just wasn't worth it. So, you know, maybe they'll go back to it at, at a later date, but it's ended for now. I'm not sure how that's going to affect the NWA directly, because certainly having Ring of Honor talent on their cards, that doesn't hurt, considering Ring of Honor is broadcasted throughout the majority of the United States and beyond. And on the flip side, I don't know how how that's going to affect Ring of Honor. I I can't imagine it's going to be too negative for them since they're the bigger promotion out of the two. I will say, I know that NWA, they're working on putting out a, a weekly program, which I think is going to be online strictly, at least in the beginning, uh, but I think they're gearing up to launch that before the year is over. So this may have something to do with that. They they really want to focus on developing their own stars and focusing on their own stars. And this could be the next step in doing that. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But, hey, much respect to both promotions. I know that some Ring of Honor guys are, are the NWA Tag Team Champions currently. So we'll see how that gets worked out. But well, stay tuned. Speaking of promotions working with each other, Mr. Monday Night, Rob Van Dam, he was a guest and in, in, in part of WWE's Raw reunion. So this was a, a special episode of Raw where they brought back a bunch of the old uh, wrestlers who really made Raw special throughout the years. You know, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Booker T, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Of course, Alondra Blaze, Medusa Michelli, you know, uh, who else? Caitlyn was there. Kelly Kelly. She ended up winning the WWE 24-7 championship, which is pretty cool. So did Alondra Blaze, that was pretty cool. Um, But Rob Van Dam, who is under contract for Impact Wrestling. Let me say that again. Rob Van Dam, who is under contract for Impact Wrestling. He was allowed to be. At Raw Reunion. And I know that uh, the folks over at Wrestling Inc. You know, Raj Geary and and his whole great team there. They reached out to Impact Wrestling and asked them. Hey, what was this all about with Rob Van Dam appearing on a WWE program? And they said the request came in. And they didn't see why they shouldn't let Rob uh, participate. So it was a done deal. WWE doing business with Impact which is not the first time, folks. It's not the first time this has happened. It's just, it's really interesting, especially with this whole thing with AEW going on. It's really interesting that WWE and Impact continue to have a pretty decent working relationship with each other uh, in terms of allowing content to be used in WWE projects, you know, like the Kurt Angle, documentary stuff that they put out you know Impact allowed them to use Impact material I think the AJ Styles stuff if I'm not mistaken I think they've used some, some Impact material in that as well so here we are now where an Impact contracted wrestler is appearing on Raw and he actually he said something interesting he said he he hasn't been in front of a crowd that large since the last time he was on Raw which was years ago so it was a special night for him so kudos to everybody involved it doesn't hurt you know hopefully that can help impact a little bit because boy do they have some some trouble speaking of which the deal is off the deal that impact was trying to negotiate with access tv has been called off they blew it impact wrestling had the audacity to Offer to purchase. Well, actually, the owners of Impact Wrestling. Let me make sure I'm accurate here. The owners of Impact Wrestling had the audacity to offer to purchase Access TV. Access TV is not for sale. You you don't offer to buy the network that you're trying to negotiate getting your program on when the network is owned by Mark Cuban and Ryan Seacrest Entertainment and you know this conglomerate of, of high profile movers and shakers. It just doesn't make any sense. It was was an insult is what it was, okay? I'm just going to say it like that. It was an insult. So they blew it. Whatever whatever opportunity that they could have had to do anything, they just blew it. So it went from negotiations to, you know what? We're not interested. We're not going to air your program on our network. So now Impact is in a position where they don't have a TV home. They announced that their deal with Twitch has been expanded and they're going to put more programming on Twitch, but so what? (laughs) You need a TV deal, Jack. So I I don't know where this is going, man, but it just, it doesn't look too good for Impact, I'll tell you that much. It's really uh, disturbing. But if there's one thing you know, Impact is like that, you just can't kill them. You know what I mean? They're they're they're, they're the tortoise. They're going to be around forever, somehow, some way. So I do expect them to pull it off and find a TV home. But for now, they are a pro wrestling organization without a home, other than Twitch, whatever that means. Speaking of uh, crazy stuff here. Uh, the SummerSlam poster has been released officially. You know, SummerSlam is uh, live Sunday, August 11th. Main show starts at 7 Eastern time. You know NXT is going to have a takeover uh, the Saturday, so the night before. But on the poster is Seth Rollins, Kofi Kingston, Becky Lynch, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar. And it's a colorful uh, poster. looks like a rainbow. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I they got to do something man. You know, they got to do something because the like I said, those Q2 numbers came out, which that's the top story in pro wrestling right now is that the WWE Q2 numbers came out. And in fact, hold on one second. I'm going to get my guy. My guy Tony Maglio from the rap. He he's going to explain his impression of all that good stuff.
3: So like I said, folks, I mean, this is an exciting day. We're talking the Quarter 2 numbers have been released by the WWE, and they even have their corporate uh, phone call. To give us an update on all that good stuff there, we got to bring back our man, the TV editor of The Wrap, the one, the only, Tony Maglio. How are you, Max? I'm doing good. How are you? Very well, very well. Listen, man, you know, a lot of this stuff, I, I'm not an expert. I'm, I'm still learning as I go along. So I got to reach out to somebody who can maybe decipher and make some sense out of all this stuff. What's your impression on uh, quarter two for WWE?
2: Well, it wasn't a good quarter, um, but it wasn't as bad as some people might have thought. I mean, so they were profitable. That's a good start. They made more money than they did last year. It was like four hundred grand, which is not much to a company of that size. Um, is actually so immaterial that their earnings per share was exactly the same, 11 cents per share, as it was in the same quarter last year. It's really important that you compare Q2 to Q2, because if you compare Q2 to Q1, you know, WrestleMania is in Q2. That's their biggest day. That's the biggest night. I mean, you could argue about the Saudi money and all that stuff, but you have to compare WrestleMania quarter to WrestleMania quarter. So, uh, anyway – They had a a fine quarter. They made money. They made what they made last time. Um, The good thing for WWE, the reason the stock is trending upwards today, is because um, they made a little bit more money than analysts had thought. So Wall Street had come to kind of a consensus around they'd make $0.04 per share. WWE made $0.11 per share. We're talking pennies here, but, of course, it matters when you have a ton of shares uh and that was a good sign for everyone they didn't make their revenue uh projections which is bad um their revenue is down significantly which is bad merch sales are particularly doing poorly live events are are not doing well um but all in all in all it was not a bad quarter for them based on what was what everyone kind of braced for because at the, uh, you know, uh, at Q1, there was a lot of chatter about a lot of talent and stars were gone and they were worried about that. And, uh, they kind of got some key people back from injury, from breaks, from filming, whatever the case might be. So, uh, they're, they're optimistic. It's their job to be optimistic, but I would say, uh, could have been a lot worse. And I think that's something for, uh, for those in Stanford to, to hang their hats on.
3: One thing that uh, we've all been talking about, anyone who's been paying attention, is the fact that the new deal with Fox and the updated deal with USA Network, those are going to hit Q4, which, you know, it's speculated and and intelligent speculation that those two deals combined in the end is going to drive WWE to have another record profit year. Have they suffered significantly enough with the Q2 numbers, for that to not be as much of a sure bet as we initially thought?
2: You know, I don't pay that close attention that I would be crunching my own numbers. And and the reason why I say that is because they did not, when they were given an opportunity to provide updated um, estimates and forecasts, they didn't go into that. They declined to talk about Q4 specifically a few times, surely for the reason that that you mentioned there. Um, Also, the weird thing is uh, the way that they have worded um, the Saudi Arabia, Middle Eastern stuff is is very careful. They word it in a way that suggests that it could still not happen. Now, they're optimistic that it will. They think it will. But I guess kind of, you know, to to dumb it down a little bit, until that check clears, I don't know that they want to get too much into – um, big forecast. Now, now the Fox thing should be no problem. That's domestic. That's already gone through. There's a lot of promotion happening already on both sides. But in terms of the Saudi money, which is big, significant money, um, they're hedging whether it's for public relations reasons or because there actually is a chance that two events become one event, or no event, um, or or maybe there's just so much unrest in that region. And the optics can be so bad that there's a chance um, that deal gets, you know, dramatically changed. So to kind of answer your question, I'll be honest and and say that I don't know. I don't know that they know. I don't know that people who spend a lot more time on this than I do know um, what Q4 will look like. And and if Q1 and Q2 have killed the possibility for a a record year, um, I would guess no because there's such big bucks coming. But, you know, I don't want to pretend that I, uh, I have an Excel spreadsheet here with flawless predictions either, because a lot of it hinges on, on what happens with live events, with merch sales, and, and in Saudi Arabia.
3: You know, speaking of which, uh, one trend that I've noticed is, especially during Raw, WWE has massive sales. Massive sales during Raw, and anyone who gets the emails from www.shop.com or what have you, uh, they'll notice that. Buy one, get one free, buy one, get a second one for a dollar, what have you. Their their merchandise sales are definitely down in Q2. What do you attribute to that? Do you think, is it the, the discounts that they're offering, or legitimately you think people just aren't satisfied with the merchandise that's being
2: offered currently? I think it's the latter. Um, I tweeted out a line item. Uh, well, it wasn't a line item. Technically, I did the math. Um, I, I believe their merch sales was down. were down 18.5% on WWE shop, which is a lot uh, in Q2, and it's not good. And I got so many responses. I didn't realize this was such a hot topic among fans about the quality of the T-shirts and the quality of the design. I would say more fans that got back to me have said it's a design issue more so than even a quality. Now, I own a few T-shirts. I wouldn't buy one that I don't like the design of, so I can't really speak to the design too much. I will say the quality on certain shirts is a little bit of a thick material. It doesn't wash well. It doesn't wear well. Um, So I'm not personally in love with the WWE merch, Um, but I would I would say that it's a combination based on the feedback I've received of the design of the quality – and then truth be told, uh, you know, they don't have Stone Cold. And Roman is their their top guy, and uh, you know, maybe he's kinda of a little bit more popular. He doesn't really appeal to adults so much. Um, you know, the Becky Lynch stuff is great. Uh I'm sure there's a section of of men who don't want to wear uh, you know, women's, uh, not women's apparel, of course, but the uh, the merch of, of female wrestlers. And then there's, you know, obviously a ton of men we all see on TV that do because it says the man and it's really cool. And it's 2019. Um, so I would say a combination of of all of those things. I don't think the designs are up to snuff. Um, I think that's why you're seeing these big sales. When you see a big sale and dollar T-shirts or five dollar T-shirts, you're not making much of a profit or any profit on those. Um, so I, they need to get their design issue fixed. I'm sure a lot of, you know, wrestling fans who have $30, $40 to spend on a t-shirt have bought AEW tees lately. There's a lot of third-party um, places that offer more sophisticated designs and maybe more comfortable clothing. Uh, I think it's a problem they need to address. I also think, you know, uh, when live attendance is down, that impacts everything. I think they know that impacts everything, including online sales so that you could buy your favorite t-shirt, not jacked up. Uh, at, at the rate of a stadium or an arena and, uh, and wear it to the show. So, uh, that's a very long way of saying I think they have numerous merch problems and, and just introducing new belts is, is not the way out. Sure,
3: sure. Well said. And, and, you know, I'll take it a step further. As somebody who has worked in the retail world, uh, previously in retail management, I can tell you that the worst thing you can have is a warehouse full of stuff that you can't move right so even if you have to discount the hell out of it just to get it out of the way you're at the very least freeing up warehouse space to do something else with it Mm -hmm. so i I think the strategy of the deep discounts it may hurt you know in the the short term but in the long term it's probably going to save you something because again you could you could close warehouses and consolidate or you can put more of what is actually selling in the in the space of the stuff that wasn't. So right. I'm sure somebody has at least considered that and that's why that's that's good stuff there. Now you were on the call. You were on the corporate yeah. call and, and you heard from you know the co president of the WWE and you heard from Vince McMahon what have you. What are some key points that that you uh that stuck out to you during that call?
2: Well I love listening to Vince talk because it's so different i'm used to like this morning i did a comcast q2 call and those guys you know brian roberts the, you know, the ceo of comcast they talk much differently than vince vince is a little less filtered a little less prepared I, I love hearing Vince speak um he you know look first they do all of their we're optimistic we're optimistic things are great which every company does. That's not, that's not a WWE spin. That's, that's being a publicly traded company. That's what you have to do when you have shareholders, uh, whether it's true or, or, or not true. Uh, but Vince was, uh, very happy to take shots at AEW on the call. He did not name all elite wrestling by name, but he referred to them a few times, uh, their blood and guts, and he doesn't think TNT is going to put up with that and uh, just like, you know, gross, bloody stuff. Um, he was clearly, you know, trying to put them down, trying to say that he has the superior product. He used the word more sophisticated, um, or the phrase I should say, more sophisticated. So I was, even though I know Vince kind of goes by his own, the beat of his own drum, I was surprised that he, though not by name, acknowledged them as much as as he did. But I guess we'll be hearing more and more about that because, they're no dummies. They know it's upcoming. They know WWE just had a big day at what we call the TCA's yesterday, where the critics go in LA, where I'll be flying to later this afternoon. Um, and so he's taking an offensive approach. He doesn't want to just sit on the on the defense. Just like the hiring of Heyman and Bischoff were uh, going on the offense. Um, so anyway. Uh, they were, they're optimistic or pleased with where they're at. They think they stopped a lot of the bleeding. I believe the phrase turned a corner, turned a page came up a bunch of times in terms of creative. Um, and you know, they have some ratings, uh, momentum a little bit to, to show for it and so that stuff came up. Um, so as, as usual, you know, it's a highlight, uh, a highlight reel for them and then they take questions and they deflect questions or spin questions or answer them. As best as I could, and today was no exception. Um, and then lastly, I would say, you know, there's a lot of discussion about, um, you know, optimism and hope for Fox and excitement. And uh, then some talk about the WWE Network uh, kind of changing its platform, which I guess became official yesterday. And uh, the future of that, some Saudi talk. I, I know I'm kind of uh, talking uh, in a stream of consciousness way here as I as I recap it in my brain. There's some Saudi Arabia talk, and uh, and then we wrap it up.
3: What did you think of Vince announcing that WWE is not going to be going back to the attitude era style anytime soon? They're going to maintain their PG content, you know, still focus a little bit more on deeper storylines and things of that nature, but they're certainly not going to be going back to the blood and guts, uh, so to speak. What's your impression of that? Do you think that's a good move? to announce whether they actually do that or not, or do you think that was a smart thing to do?
2: I don't know that it was a good move to announce. It was definitely a strategic move to announce. He's positioning himself as – he's positioning WWE as a superior, more sophisticated, broader uh, brand than AEW is. Um, And now AEW said yesterday at TCA that – they will not like Cody said specifically, they won't be doing um blood you won't see blood weekly on their TNT program. It's more of a pay per view thing, which we and a streaming platform thing, which we all understand. And 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 the thing is, you know, people love the attitude era. So for him to for Vince to specifically introduce introduce those words himself and say that they won't be going to that may not be wise, but you know, as the people who love the attitude era grow up i'm i'm thirty eight now and I have a two and a half year old daughter you don't really appreciate the attitude era for the masses you know we we loved the Austin stuff we loved when you know there's just face mask of blood that sort of thing. I don't want my kid watching that I want my kid watching Bailey so you know, it may not be to many fans as good of wrestling or as cool or as dangerous or whatever people might like, but the truth is he's appealing to, he wants all four people in the household to watch. He doesn't just want the dad to watch or the teenage son to watch. So it's probably smart in practice to not go back to the attitude era, especially now that AEW is kind of sort of planting its flag in in a a direction that might resemble the Attitude Era more than what WWE is doing, Uh, I don't think I would have announced it. I don't think I would have said it. Uh, I just think I would have done it. It, 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 And when I say it, I mean staying PG and maybe pushing PG-13 at most. Sure,
3: sure. And, you know, we understand what he's doing. I mean, it's a lot easier to gain top-level advertisers if you have a product that, is less gory, less edgy, a little more friendly to kids. So, I mean, he's protecting his his uh, investors, you know, like USA and Fox and some of these other organizations that are that are airing the WWE product. So, it,
2: absolutely. And 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 just to, to chime in, because uh, so that's a really good point. I didn't specifically say advertisers, but uh, yes, of course. And and the move to Fox only reinforces the fact that now he has to deal with the FCC. You know, on cable, there are more leaning on basic cable, there are more leaning restrictions. Of course, it still kind of depends on what – you know, the advertisers can still pick and choose what they want to advertise on. But once you're talking about Fox, once you're talking about free over-the-air broadcast, you have to adhere to pretty strict guidelines. So, you know, who knows? I'm sure we'll see pay-per-views on the WWE network, uh, with blood. I'm sure we will. But there's no way, I mean, look, accidents will happen. They happen in football on Fox, too. But there's no way people, I assume, are going to be blading themselves on Fox TV at 8 o'clock at night. It just doesn't, it doesn't stand for reason. So again, I don't think any of us are surprised that we're not going back to the attitude era. It's just maybe something that would have been better left unsaid because Fans love that era so much.
3: Sure, sure, all said. Listen, uh, if fans want to get in touch with you, if they want to read what you have going on over the, with your company there, give us the info. How, how can folks reach out?
2: Yeah, sure. So I, uh, as I mentioned, as you mentioned at the beginning, I'm the TV editor at The rap, so it's the, T-H-E, the W-R-A-P, rap.com. For me personally, I'm just at Tony Maglio on Twitter, T-O-N-Y-M-A-G-L-I-O. Uh, that's probably all I have to plug. You know, the rap is on all the social channels, and I, I, I get to write as much about wrestling as I can now that I'm in charge of the TV team. So you'll see plenty of content there. You won't be uh, disappointed.
3: Well, I've definitely noticed an increase in the wrestling content. And what I've also noticed is an increase in people going out of their way to show respect to what you're doing. Because, again, I mean, what you're doing with the rap, tony is you're 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 a tv guy you're a tv industry guy who's taking that sensibility and discussing wrestling with the broader knowledge of the tv industry behind you and that's what's been missing in the conversation so essentially you're bringing us into the modern era of understanding how to look at the we nerds who want to talk about the business aspect of things and what have you You're allowing us to to see and understand it a lot greater. So we appreciate that.
2: Well, I appreciate you, man, and I appreciate your listeners. Thank you uh, for having me on, and and give me a ring anytime.
1: I'll tell you, Tony Maglio, man, that that dude is is a solid dude. He really knows his stuff. you got to check out The Wrap, T-H-E-W-R-A-P. Just put it all together there, The Wrap. They're a trade publication that studies... Hollywood and the TV industry. So they get into the nitty-gritty of everything that affects those two mediums there. Really interesting stuff. Uh, They're a direct competitor to Entertainment Weekly, for instance. So just, they they really do a good job, and I have a lot of respect, a lot of admiration for Tony Maglio, because he's a wrestling fan, and he knows his stuff, and he takes the, the, the sensibility from TV and applies it to... Wrestling, and I'm telling you, man, and I, I I keep beating this horse until it falls off here. But we really need to do something about the way that we discuss pro wrestling in terms of ratings and what matters and how they're making money and all that good stuff. There, between Tony Maglio of the Rap and my man uh, Brandon Howard Thurston of WrestleNomics, those are two people who are approaching. The discussion, from a, a, a television contract consumer uh, sensibility and a economical sensibility, they're approaching pro wrestling in a manner that is a, a much more fruitful. It delivers a much more fruitful discussion because it's it's highly intelligent. It's highly informed. It takes a lot of the guesswork BS out there that you hear from the usual suspects, Dave Meltzer, and it it really digs into more facts and less, well, sources say. Forget about your sources say garbage. If If you're strictly relying on Nielsen numbers to let you know what's good and what's not so good, what's successful and what's not so successful, then you really need to get your head checked because... You're stuck in a time warp. It's not 25 years ago. It's 2019. There's a hell of a lot more ways to measure consumer interactivity and and what matters. And once again, networks aren't shelling out billion-dollar deals on something that's failing. And what's interesting now, what's interesting now, with the quote-unquote Nielsen ratings continue to climb up for WWE for both Raw and SmackDown what are these naysayers like Meltzer going to say now what's going to be their excuse now at some point you got you got to cut the crap and i think it's ironic that things like attendance and t-shirt sales are, are down yet the tv ratings are going up i don't know <laughs> again consumer interactivity is it's a, it's a lot more complex puzzle than anything that folks like Dave Meltzer would lead you to believe and have led you to believe. It's just it's ridiculous. All right, moving on. I just received a message, and I'm going to jump into action here. This is a, a scoop here. Uh, our man Sticks, you know, he was on last week. He was talking about uh, being at AEW uh, Fight for the Fallen and some issues that he had at the venue. We we did the podcast, it, it went all over the place, got tremendous coverage and what have you, and it looks like he's gotten a response. So hold on one second, let's get our man Sticks
3: on the line. So like we said folks, uh, last week we had uh, Sticks on and, and he shared a, a really unfortunate, not so great experience at Fight for the Fallen, uh, specifically with the venue and the Handicap Accessible Seating. How they were set up in such a way that people could stand up and literally block the view for those in wheelchairs specifically. They were not able to see any of the action, which is just really a, a, a disappointment. Since then, you know, there's been articles written about it. The, you know, everyone on social media has shared the interview and shared their sentiments on this issue. And as a result, someone reached out. Let's let's get Sticks back on and, and, and have him explain what happened and, and, you know, where we go from here. So, welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling. Sticks, how are you, brother?
0: Good, sir. Always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, this is an interesting saga as it continues. I got a call uh, a couple of days ago from someone in guest services. And essentially, they apologized profusely, uh, asked me, what my experience was like. I I explained everything that I explained in our interview last week, and they apologized some more, and I was basically told they would pass it along to the higher-ups, and that was the extent of our conversation.
3: (laughs) Okay. So... You said guest services. Are we talking guest services of AEW or the venue? or?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. No, uh, guest services at, uh, at Daly's Place, which was the venue, the amphitheater uh, attached to the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium where, where Fight for the Fallen was held.
3: So they did reach out to you, which means that they clearly how – did, how did they even – did they hear the interview? Did they read the article? How, how did they hear about
0: – When I asked, uh, the only thing – that I was told was someone was forwarded an, an an article uh, that shared the link of the, the the podcast. I don't know if the person I spoke with actually listened to the podcast, but I do know that there was an article sent their way in which they got my information through Ticketmaster, which was interesting and gave me a call.
3: Yeah, I, I didn't know that Ticketmaster was was sharing people's information like that. So uh, if that in fact is is true, that's a problem. But so here you are. You, you're you're a person that uh, has cerebral palsy, as you've you know shared with us. When you're when you go to live events and what have you, you're in a wheelchair, just like everybody else, and and within the community and what have you. And even at that venue, you, you said you estimated it's probably about a thousand people wrapped around in these handicap accessible uh, seating sections here. So they they had somebody reach out to you from guest services. Now, was this person a, a manager of guest services, director? Did they, did they mention their title?
0: Um, I, honestly, uh, it was a brief conversation. I don't recall if there was a title mentioned, but I, I didn't get the impression that this was a person of any real... Influence. Uh, it was more like a an apology call, and uh, kind of an information gathering call, if you will.
3: Okay, all right. So, information gathering. Did they give you any idea of when there'll be a follow up conversation? Because no, <laughs> they got the information, they got to figure it out, and then they call back, right, and figure out. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I, I also got the impression that this was this was the stopping point of their. Uh, investigation, shall we say. Uh, I got the impression that that this person was given the instructions to apologize uh, profusely uh, as you do in customer service and uh, gather as much information as possible from me and then apologize some more and hopefully I would be satisfied with that.
3: Did they offer you a refund? Nope. What the heck? So, so let me just recap this again here. Someone from customer service, not a director, not a manager, not a decision maker, was able to gather your information because, you know, when you came on my show, you left your social media, you may have left your email, but you certainly didn't leave your your telephone number.
0: No, I, I, I don't do that on purpose because uh, I don't want anyone just having it, but... uh yeah, based on what I was told, when I asked how they got my information, what I was told was they got it through Ticketmaster.
3: So, that again, that's just disturbing. So they, they, they get your information from Ticketmaster of all places, and then when they reach out to you, they, they offer nothing in the form of a solution. They don't even offer you a refund. You offered to meet with them. And actually, you know, go around the venue and point out the issues and, and, and go over the stuff in detail. They didn't even out- take you up on your offer and have you come down.
0: No, there was none of that. Just a whole bunch of, I'm sorry, and we'll see what we can do.
3: Yeah, that that is just... How do you feel about this?
0: It's nice that they took the time to, to read the aggregation article and maybe possibly probably not listen to the interview. And it was nice of them to reach out. And try to stroke my ego enough so that I would let it go. But at this point, it's not about me anymore. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and put this in perspective for you and all of the people hearing this right now. If you're a kid, if you're a little kid, you're 10 years old. Your first wrestling event, right, is AEW Fight for the Fallen, and you're in a wheelchair. Your parents spend money on a ticket a nice ticket for you to have good, a good view of the show. You're placed in a disability-accessible seat. And then when the show starts, everybody stands up and you can't see. As a kid, first wrestling event ever, let me put it like this. Are you going to be comfortable enough to feel like you're, you're a valued fan to want to go back to a, another wrestling show? Are you going to feel like a second-class citizen? here's my point in 2019 the year of inclusion the year of equal pay for equal work everybody's the same you can love who you want to love you can live how you want to live and everyone is equal how about equal seek for equal ticket
1: well <laughs> that was definitely something some powerful stuff there by sticks and i appreciate him for circling back and giving us the update uh, Clearly, this is only the beginning, but I'll tell you this much. If, if this is the way that the ownership and you know their venue and the people that they have in place to take care of customer concerns, and at, at this point, this is a big concern, is this a legal issue, quite frankly, um, if this is the way that AEW is responding to these things, then... And not not just AEW, but the ownership group. So this is the Kahn family. They really need to get themselves straightened out. Because I'll tell you right now, and and again, I'm a guy that has spent plenty of time in government, corporate America, private business, retail. You know, I've done a lot of management all over the place, and I can tell you when you have something as important. As disabled customers having an experience in which they were, you, you did not deliver on your promise. You promised accessibility and you weren't able to provide that. Not so much that they couldn't get to the place they needed to go, but they couldn't see. And that was within your control because you own the venue. Uh, we got a problem here and the in the in the response thus far you, you you have just a guest services person call you don't have a manager call you know you don't have the 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 person who's in charge of the building call you don't have uh, tony or shad Khan call you have literally a guest services rep and the way that they handled it was just inadequate just not acceptable Again, this is only the beginning, and I know Styx is going to continue to figure out what comes next, but boy, this is just amateur hour. It's the best way I could describe it. Just amateur hour. And it's it's insulting to everybody, including the handicapped community, especially. And I don't know why you would put yourself in a position where you'd be at odds with, with folks who are within the disabled community. That's just foolish. Doesn't make sense, but hey, sometimes you gotta learn the hard way. So, like I said, we'll we'll continue to monitor that situation. Report back because it it's not over. Clearly, boy, you know, folks. I, I wanted to end tonight's episode, just covering something that has so many layers to it. It, it just really, boy, you know, it, it it's it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. One of the Usos had been arrested early Thursday morning. And we're talking, you know, 2, 3 a.m., what have you. It was Jimmy Uso. He was arrested for DUI in Florida. Again, (laughs) by the way. He was arrested earlier this year for, uh, you know, challenging a police officer to a fight or something foolish like that. His brother was arrested for DUI earlier this year as well. And this is not the first time this has happened. Just even, you know, forget about this year. It's happened before as well. What's crazy is that during Raw reunion, John Cena, he was going back and forth with the Usos. They were taking jabs at each other. And he, you know, mentioned the DUIs, you know, kind of poking fun at it a little bit there. What is going on with the Usos, man? And, and, and I'm going to focus on Jimmy here. What, what are you doing? Let me tell you something, bro. Forget, forget all the nonsense. Uh, when you have drinks and then get behind the wheel, you're not just putting your life in danger. You're putting the lives of everybody on the road in danger. And whomever is possibly in the, in the vehicle with you, too, for that matter. Just a, just a really selfish and, and boneheaded thing to do. Got to get that under control, man. And it's crazy because when we think about a couple weeks ago, Bailey was interviewed on an FS1 program in which the interviewer was surprised to learn that WWE doesn't provide transportation to their superstars. Superstars got to find their own way. I thought that was it was a hell of a, uh, a question to ask, and the answer, like she was, the interviewer was legitimately shocked. And it, you know, when when these DUIs come up, it's like, damn. You know, imagine if this this person had a driver. It's highly unlikely they would have gotten arrested at all, right? Because somebody else is driving. You want to go out and have drinks and and, and do what you got to do. That's fine, man. It's not always healthy if you're abusing it, but, you you know, you, you're an adult. You got to make some decisions as long as you're not hurting anybody else, I guess. But at least be responsible enough to have a, a, a designated driver. I think WWE really needs to take a look at this stuff. And here's why. And and, and again, uh, uh, Jimmy Uso, you, you got to take responsibility because you did it. But... Let me table Jimmy for a second, and let me look at you, WWE. These folks are putting their bodies on the line. They're getting bounced around. They're constantly in pain. They are constantly in pain. Of course they're doing something to take the edge off. Of course they're taking pain medication. Of course they're drinking. Of course they're doing these things. And in Jimmy's case, it was alcohol. No one said anything about any other types of drugs in this system or anything like that. It was alcohol. And alcohol is a drug, even though it's legal. They got to do something in order to cope with the physical toll and really the emotional toll that's put on them. Part of being in this industry, which is a very physical industry. And this whole DUI thing is nothing new, man. Jim Ross... Got his license suspended for a period of time, and he had to have Tony Schiavone drive him around back in the old NWA slash WCW days. Huh. Rick Flair's gotten his license suspended before. We know what kind of drinking he does. It's it's not uncommon for wrestlers to get DUIs, get popped for drinking and driving. It's, it's a fact. It's part of the industry. And we can look at the individuals and say, hey, bonehead, don't do that. What are you doing? But at at some point, we need to look at the industry and say, whoa, wait a second. Why aren't you providing transportation for these folks? I mean, it really is crazy. And it's not like people haven't gotten into car crashes. I mean, you don't want me to go over that list while being employed by the WWE, by the way. And it's not like people haven't, Died from getting into car crashes while being in WWE. And yes, they were under the influence. Rest in peace, Joey Morella. So I, I just, I think this is something that we, again, we need to elevate the conversation. There's a lot of you out there making fun of the, both of Usos brothers, and, and at this point, Jimmy in particular, and you know, you ought to be ashamed of yourself, frankly. Because if this is a substance abuse issue, then that's a disease. So, you know, making fun of somebody for having disease is just embarrassing. Stop it. But we need to focus on the company here. And let's take this a step further. Companies. What are you doing for the talents? You need to provide transportation for these folks. It just it doesn't make any sense not to. They're getting beat up out there, they're banged up, and then they gotta they, they gotta get themselves to the next spot and they gotta deal with the pain on top of that, of course they're gonna be in these compromising positions. Goodness gracious. I'm 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 very disappointed in the WWE. I'm not gonna lie. I'm 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 pissed off at the WWE over this Uso situation and other situations. It just doesn't make any sense. And it goes back to the same stuff. It goes back to the women not getting paid equally. It goes back to the union busting. It goes back to you're putting these wrestlers in a position where, unfortunately, they're being reckless. And they have very little choice in the matter. The alcohol is not so bad because at least it's not the the prescription pain pills. At least it's not the opioids and all that. Those are their options, you know. These, these are the options that they have, right? Can't just pop a couple of a leave and hope for the best. It's time that somebody really says enough is enough and puts some pressure on these companies, starting with the WWE. You got to do better by your, by your talent because you're nothing without your talent. Let me say that again. You are nothing without your talent. If the Uso brothers... Get into a bad car wreck because they're all drunk because they've been beating the hell out of their bodies for how long now? Now what? It's not worth it, man. Take care of their transportation, WWE. Cut the crap. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And don't tell me you can't afford it. You're about to post... Despite the fact that you got the first two quarters in 2019 where you're down, right? You made less money in 2019 thus far than you did same time last year in 2018. You're down for two quarters straight. Despite that fact, you're going to post a record profit in 2019. That's going to be the highest record profit you ever posted. It's going to be higher than the records that you've been posting for the past three previous years because your Fox and your USA deal is going to hit. You got the money. You mean to tell me you can't find a way to provide transportation to your talent? How? How does that work? You can't cut a deal with Uber or or Lyft or, you know, hire your own private transportation people. You can't get a bus or something and, and, and at least take them to a certain point to their next hotel or something. You can't do that. I mean, come on. This is embarrassing. And it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable, WWE. And you're full of crap. Jimmy Uso is not absolved from what he did wrong. It's a bonehead move on his part. But the WWE are the bigger boneheads because they're setting their talents up to fail. And if if my good friend Vincent Kenny McMahon was in my face right now, I would tell him to his face. You're the biggest bonehead of them all because you put these wrestlers in a position where they're set up to fail because they're constantly in pain and they got to get themselves from town to town, Jack. What do you expect is going to happen? Of course, they're under the influence. And of course, eventually they're going to be in legal jeopardy as a result of it get it together oof alright folks I gotta get out of here hey, solid show to this week as always there uh, head over to Facebook head over to Twitter type in Duke Loves wrestling. let me know what you think wrestling at gmail.com you can send in your comments you know I like the I like the audio comments you can shoot me a little voice message keep it keep it under two minutes if you can Know some of you like to be a little long-winded. <laughs> All right. Join us next week, folks. We'll, you know, we'll have more solid guests, more solid content. I still want to dig into this, this um, Q2 financial stuff. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really into this business aspect of, of things here. Especially because, it you know, when, when we talk to these so-called wrestling experts who have these websites and what have you, and they lead you to believe one thing, and it's just not true, they, they just... They don't want to take the time to dig into the facts. They don't want to talk to TV execs. They don't want to talk to TV reporters and editors. They certainly don't want to talk to economists or people who understand how to study that stuff and dissect it. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll get my guy, Brandon Howard Thurston, back on from WrestleNomics. See if he makes some time, return, dig into this Q2 stuff even deeper for us. We'll see. Till then though, be kind to yourselves, be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Shivani
3: Mr. Tony Shivani, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.